0: Apologies in advance for the sound quality this week. We will be pulling Hayden out of the manhole next week. Enjoy!
1: 2024 NXS Access All Areas, episode 173, the podcast that aims to dive deep into all things great about our favourite band with a bunch of listeners, patrons of Padre B, Hello, how are you, sweetheart? Happy New Year. Pink again in the hair states. Yes,
0: I'm going to continue with the pink. Um, happy New Year. I'm absolutely sweltering here. It's in the middle of summer. Um, is Has <laughs> summer reached Melbourne?
1: Not bad. Yeah, we, we had a, a bit of a sort of funny uh, month. It sort of felt like, part, part of the month felt like Queensland, not far from you, and then part of the month felt like England, and then part of the month felt like uh, uh, the deserts of Saudi Arabia. So typical Melbourne, four seasons in a day as Neil Finn from Crowded House once wrote about. And
0: um, I'm sure you're having a great time down there. But more importantly, I have missed you. Did you miss me?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, we uh, deliberately stayed out of each other's way to be fresh for the new year and I just figured out be that uh, we're now entering our fourth year uh, by virtue of uh, well, we started May 2020, uh, so May technically will be our fourth year uh, complete, fourth year of recording, so... Is this as
0: long as one of your marriages?
1: <laughs> marriages, I haven't been, ever been married, okay. Oh, have you not? <laughs> or, well, there you go. <laughs> ma- 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 maybe a Liz Taylor marriage, uh, list, or whatever, but, uh, or, a, or a Kardashian, <laughs> but uh, the interesting thing I thought was, is that we're sort of entering into the year 2000, probably next week, so from a timeline point of view there's still quite a lot to, to to break through this year and go through regarding in excess post the millennium uh and everything they sort of went through afterwards and you know going all the way through the mini series in 2014 so uh excited by a lot of the guests we've got planned um we are getting people come to us now wanting to chat to us uh even more than uh, ever before and we hope we can bring some exciting content uh to people out there who Love this band.
0: And, yes, we're going forward, but we will dip back now and again as well, won't we, with some of our old things.
1: One of the things we can do is we can always have a, like a little bit of a Marty you fly back to the future moment. We go in the DeLorean and we pop back to a, a certain era. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, we like those episodes. And, and equally, um, you know, we might even be able to go back and, you know, pick off the uh, swing album or something like that again and do another review and just, you know, look at it from a lens of three years later. So there's plenty of things that we have still got to get through, um, both p- present and past. Looking forward to doing it with you and our listeners, Pete.
0: And I call for all you noon listeners. Um, not only have you got 170 <laughs> episodes to catch up on, but we're going to be making a lot more.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, it is interesting when someone does find the podcast. I, I, there's nothing I love better than finding a, a unique podcast that strikes a chord, and then I realise I'm three years, four years behind. So, um, but you know, we always say to our listeners, you can go back chronologically, uh, listen from one to going forward. You can cherry pick. Uh, there might be certain topics that are more appealing to you. But one thing I've learned is that even if there's sort of maybe an album or a, a guest you might not necessarily be as enamoured with, uh, sometimes when you go back and listen to those episodes, um, you do take away other content and other information too. So don't judge an episode by its cover, Bea.
0: Ah, Very funny, very funny. And also I did notice that um, a lot of you have been downloading a lot of our um, past episodes episodes while we've been away and only today I noticed that kicks had a bit of um, an uplift today so that's pretty good. Um, While we were away we hit 8,000 followers on Facebook so that is um, a huge milestone again and it's not far off us hitting 150,000 in the next couple of weeks of downloads so that just blows my mind even more.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, a big shout out to all the people who have engaged on our platforms, uh, particularly Messenger. That's probably the one I'm on the most because it's sort of quick and easy and things. But, you know, through Facebook and Messenger and then through, you know, uh, Twitter and all the other platforms, there is uh, lots of people engaging. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate it. it. Meow, B. I must ask you, how was your in excess Christmas being? Oh. Well, it's been uh,
0: quite busy, actually. Um, Where do I start? I actually want to sort of talk about just now, just a moment ago, I was just talking uh, in a thread on Hutch Nation. A lady came um, on there called Sash, and she is new to the podcast. Hi, Sash. She's going to start listening to us. It's great that you found us. I think she's from the USA. Um, She was saying that her her dad's got a vinyl collection, and one of them that she's got is um, Pink Floyd's. Is it? Dark Side
1: of the Moon. That's one of their albums, the very famous album cover and things. Yeah, yeah
0: and she was saying that she was looking it up and it's worth over
1: a $1,000. Could be. I mean, you know, some of these things that were pressed and printed at various times like uh, well, I've often talked in the NXS world, you know, Simple Simon, the French uh, single version that was only a certain amount of copies, you know, printed up at the uh, record shop uh, is worth quite a bit, so... Yeah, it's always the uh, the demand and supply in the marketplace.
0: Which brings me on to um, later on we're going to be talking about our special package that we've got together that actually is worth over $1,000. So you have to be in it to win it, and we'll tell you more about that later. Getting
1: to our wrap-up of the episode at the end, we, uh, as we've been promoting a lot of that, uh, even to the point where some people like uh, our friend Linda Alliston was ringing, uh, texting me today going, is that true? Is that, you know, that good or what? Is that, Is that actually uh, legit? And I think she might have run you today to check it out if that was you posting, beef. Yes. Hello, Alison. <laughs> yeah. Thank
0: you yeah. for the phone call. I was uh, yeah. in the middle of doing my reviewing, so that was quite yes. funny. That was lovely having yeah. a chat with her.
1: All right. Yeah. Anything come across your desk over the next Christmas period, New Year, anything that you can share with? Okay.
0: Well, one of our new team members and patrons as well, Kathy Trim, she is um, literally on a plane right now on her way to Australia. She's coming over to see the um, tennis But hopefully we'll get to see her too So um, you might get to see her Because she'll be in Melbourne So um, get you two Where's Cathy from? Ottawa (laughs) Ottawa
1: in Ca- oh, Canada. Uh, excellent. Yeah. So, well, Kathy, if you are listening to this episode, you can hit us up on our platforms, and we've got a few patrons in Melbourne, like Dr. Jim Masol. We're always happy to have, meet you for a beer or give you a tour around, like we did for uh, David Gorton and his wife. Yes. and
0: Yeah. Get in yeah. touch. Get in touch with them. Um, and yeah. also, um, we're thoughts are with Danielle at the moment because they're having terrible weather there. She's out of touch at the moment, but I do hope that she can uh, get through the hurricanes.
1: I sent Danielle. Her and I had a back and forth because I saw this. Uh, a beautiful aerial shot of Pensacola, Florida, but they're showing these storms coming in. So, I decided to cheer up by sending you every uh, relevant weather song that would uh, somehow um, relate to an area. One of them was The Crowded House Weather with You. So, (laughs) (laughs) enjoyed that. And then I had Dancing in the Storm, Boom Crash Opera. Oh, yeah. That
0: (laughs) would cheer her up. That's good. That's That's good. Um, And then April Rose and Josephine, um, daughter of Andrew Ferris, both got engaged um, over the Christmas period. And I've been following April Rose.
1: April Kirk's daughter? Yeah. And then Josephine Andrews. That's right. And oh, um, okay.
0: a- I Rose's Instagram page. Wow, what's? She's absolutely beautiful. And they were in Paris and I love seeing that. And then I did notice in Josephine's Instagram page, there was um, Jake, um, Tim's um, youngest son, with their um, grandson. So that was lovely to see that the the in excess babies have babies and they all get together. And and Tiger
1: Lily's, you know, been in uh, Wigan's Day this week, you know, with her boyfriend, Mm. Ben. And and, uh, I don't quote from there too much because it is, you know, one of those... Uh, mags where they always say mm. sources close to Tiger said, you know, which is basically we don't youf- want to go the there. Of a line. Yeah, right. well,
0: we don't want to go there. Tiger, the door is open. She we- looked
1: happy. Yes, yeah, she does in the photos. Mm. That was the most important thing.
0: Yeah, but the, yeah. we we don't want to. invade your privacy, sweetheart, so that's That's good. I noticed that GGB, basses, has sold yet another guitar. That was pretty cool, so I've I've added that to our socials.
1: That's Gary Beers, yeah?
0: Gary Beers, yes. Uh, yeah. And then John Stevens, his daughter, got married as well, and he was father of the bride. She
1: did. And I remember when she was born because the song that uh, Noise Hooks put out on their third and fourth single was a song called R.O.P. Millie, which was named after his late mother who had passed away. But his daughter was born not long after that, and I think he called her Millie. Big congrats there. I, mean, I think uh, John one day was doing the Red Hot Summer Tour and the next day was at the wedding. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I, I looked at the footage and go, oh, well, John's got getting married, but then I looked close and it was his daughter. So. Yeah, and there was a great Good picture
0: else. of him with Kate Sobrano and um, Richard Wilkins as well, lovely one of all of them with their partners at the wedding. So that's great. So that's B's News of the Week.
1: Right, Dee's been in the gossip page. There you go. It's me <laughs> on backup, so, um But yeah, look, in, in my sort of uh, little Christmas period, if I could indulge a little bit, is I try to use the period to just reach out to some potential guests and some people who would like to come on our show. So there are a few irons in the fire, but I always like to keep my powder dry and announcing things till it's official. Uh, a.k.a. Niall Rogers and others, because uh, never want to over-promote and, and uh, under-deliver. So, uh, but I can say we are getting some, uh, some good feedback and we're just coordinating some times from some people uh, and hopefully they'll add to this In Excess Anthology podcast. But B, we survive on the patron program. I think we might have picked up a patron or two over the Christmas period. I will handball those names and all the rest of the names to you.
2: I'd say hello to everybody else. On the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least.
0: Well, hello to our honorary members, Tim Farris, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Richard Simpkins, Cameron Adams, Mary Woods, Darren Jones, and Paul Jolie. Our patrons, Carmen, Laurie, carrie Ann, Danielle, Sarah Markham, Sarah Camia Dr. Jim, Katie, Lisa Mack, Anne-Marie, Susan P, Pedro, Mandy, Foxy, Amanda H, Amanda V, David, Paul Buckley, Ella Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail Martin, Jim, Jackie, Sheila, Shannon, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Bard, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Heidi, Paula. Nancy, Juliet, Scott, Anthea, Maria, Tracy, Vernon, Jamie, Diana, Stefan, Andrew, Georgie, Stephen, Keisha, Mark, Vern, Mandy, Nick, Sula, Amy, Diane, Paul P, Paul B, Alicia, Jay, John, Anne Barrett, Kathy, Chantelle, and Neil. Welcome to the podcast. And our special mentions are to Suzee, Joe Robbins, John A. Bing, Michael Spriggs, Glenn Davis, Paul Fuzie, and Helen Kirkwood. Welcome to the podcast.
1: And look, as we often say, the patrons are the heartbeat of this show. It allows us to keep putting it together because we are really not-for-profit and we don't get investment from anybody and we don't have ads on our show, which, uh, as we've said before, we'd gladly have the ads on if they paid us because we'd sell out for anybody. But we don't have it here at this point, so it is ad-free. And uh, from that perspective, um, if you are a patron, you do get uh, eligibility for all the huge competitions and things that are coming up. But importantly, a lot of our patrons, probably the best thing they've been involved with is getting questions to some of the band members and various uh, guests on the show and um and participating in you know engaging people like nick egan and um really being part of that community push to get them in the rock hall of fame which is our, our mission statement i guess overall
0: Excellent. Actually, while you're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, John Jamin, one of our new patrons and um, part of the team, has been coming up with some great statistics and loads of things on the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I've asked him to put some things together. So I'll be posting those throughout the week um, to get you all interested and to know what's happening, because the nominations are coming out next month.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I uh, It is nomination season and there's a lot of speculation about various acts and artists and things that I've been doing a bit of digging. But fortunately, a lot of awards these days, and we're in the sort of the Academy Awards year at the moment or part of the year on the Golden Globes. You have to do a little bit of campaigning. You have to arouse the attentions of the people who make the decision. So over the next sort of period of time, I think my, uh, nominations I think get announced. So I'll double check that. Uh, but it is a, a period now where... You know, anybody who has an influence, and uh, from a fan point of view, from the fan vote point of view in Cleveland, um, a lot of this stuff was going to go down, and we are probably going to put a, an episode together uh, about the Hall of Fame, but just more of an update where it's all at and where you can lobby, and some of the statistical reasons certain bands should be in, and we may even just, as it not make about in excess, exclusively, there are other bands that I think deserve to be in, uh, like Foreigner, uh, you know, from that's sort a of, you know uh, achievement point of view. Um, you know, several bands here on the list that uh, like the guests who are from Canada um, and we'll make it sort of a little bit broader than just the NXS discussion.
0: Yeah, I think I feel that we'll have to do a video on that with a few patrons again, don't yeah, you? Yeah, that's right. And we that's can right. get the graphs out.
1: <laughs> that's right. And look, I know there's been a post there from uh, Nick uh, uh, Bombach, who I did that three-person uh, three, three person call with him and John uh, last year uh, regarding why way should have been in the Hall of Fame, which was that sort of simulcast we did with John's podcast. Um, we uh, may get some of the guys from the US on there as well because they're at the epicenter where all, all the stuff's going on and they hear a bit more about it than we do here, despite the internet and things as well. So definitely a uh, a talking point and It would be great if we could plan a trip to America this year to be a part of it. B. Definitely,
0: definitely. Yeah. But saying that, I'm off yeah. to the UK in a couple of months, so...
1: Well, you are. I'm hoping are. that
0: uh, there's going to be an NXS s party for me uh, to Maybe attend. Maybe
1: get them into the Slough Hall of Fame, <laughs> <laughs> the Derby Hall of the Birmingham. Fame, Birmingham. <laughs> 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 uh, we we'll get them in the Reading Hall of Fame with Ricky Gervais doing the announcement. <laughs> well, we
0: probably could right. get him into we've, the Leeds with Lee, Lee Francis from the gonna, other week.
1: If it was Michael, he'd probably going to get into the Bristol or the Manchester Hall of he Fame. And punch up and yeah. Liam Gallagher, oh. you know. Um, <laughs> All right, we'll straighten up a little bit. Uh, Topic today, we're going to go through part two, uh, really, which is the songs of Michael's solo album. As we said before Christmas, there was quite a lot to unpack and uh, we did quite a lot of discussion around the album, how it came together and the production side and the songwriting and um, the release and just a lot of sort of uh, stuff surrounding it. But we're going to get nitty-gritty into today's episode, which is probably more exciting talking about the songs, which is what we're here for. Looking forward to going through that in a moment. There is some necessary sort of clean-up stuff we need to do because it's been about three or four weeks since we've done any news so, technically speaking, B, what's it time for?
0: It's time for the news.
2: Hi, it's Dave from England, and you're listening to InXS Access All Areas with Hayden and B, and now it's time for the news.
1: All right, B, well, I thought we'd do a little bit of housekeeping because um, there's been so much going on in the NXS world and just in the general sort of uh, news community, and we haven't uh last time done a new, well didn't do a new section last time because it was a bit of a feature episode uh and with about two three weeks um you know going since then there's things that have just come up and first thing i wanted to highlight was just give a bit of a shout out to all the cover bands out there particularly in australia uh they do a great job and i was driving around the other day and saw a big don't change uh, poster on putt road in melbourne uh promoting uh some of the uh don't change gigs coming up uh, I do know that uh, if you're in Sydney, I think they've got five Sydney gigs in January alone with the rest of the country to follow. But they've, I think they're the most organized out of all the cover bands because they've got gigs planned up till July this year. They're really quite ahead of things. And Having met their manager, she seems like she's on the ball, Bea.
0: She's amazing. Yes, big shout-out mm. to Dion. Um yes. yes. Just been speaking to Alison about them. She's a huge fan and she follows them as well. But she was saying she was the first gigs when there was only about 20 people in the room. And But now, I mean, he's a superstar, is our Blair. Everybody wants <laughs> to go and see him. But, yeah. you know, one of their biggest fans who went, Bob King. And Bob King, the photographer from um, who did the Australian Made Photography,
1: Right, okay. Yeah, yep.
0: and and so he's just done an interview with Blair and it's been filmed and it'll be coming out in February. So I'm it's, really looking forward to seeing yeah. that. Yeah. So um, Blair, um, as in Don't Change, Barnstorm, as in Jimmy Barnes, and the... I can't remember what the Divinals ones are, but the Divinals are all three getting together and they're doing a couple of performances.
1: Yeah, well, they normally just stop around Australia Day, uh, and I'm sure there's something they're doing this year, but I know the Inaccessive guys, friends of the podcast, and, uh, you know, we had a chance to interview them and see them live. Uh, They're playing a big Australia Day show down in uh, Mornington in Melbourne on January 26th. Uh, February 3rd and March 16th, they've also got gigs around sort of Victoria. The What You Need Boys just had a big gig over in Perth uh, last week, which I've seen people post and has been really well received. And up your way, B the good old Hoey Moey uh, Hotel there, the Live Baby Live Boys are there on January the 21st again. So uh, I know they're uh, quite regularly coming up that particular way, uh, so that might be something that suits you and the gang uh, in that vicinity. Yeah,
0: it's quite a big week because John Stevens is coming in as well the week after, I think.
1: He must be psychic, because next on my list here, I'm talking about John Stevens, In Excess Works. So there you go. He's going to be playing the following week. and uh, uh, But also, too, uh, he's got still some residual gigs, the summer gigs, the festival gigs he's doing. Importantly, he's got a gig in March with Noiseworks again at the Forum Theatre in Melbourne, which is where uh, Niall Rogers was interviewed by us and performed. And looking forward to going and seeing Noiseworks uh, again in March. I did see them back in, I think, July last year and uh, keen to uh, see them again in March, uh, just doing the Noise Works material. Um, equally though even more importantly and uh, we should go back to the original source um, Andrew Farris is touring uh, B. so uh, it is sort of uh, country and western month in, in New South Wales and broader Australia um, so Andrew's doing quite a lot of gigs throughout New South Wales in January and February culminating with one of the bigger ones uh, at the Tamworth Golden Guitar Festival uh, on Australia Day. Uh, he's got gigs also planned in Victoria and Tassie in February pretty much more regional not so much in the city Uh, And in Queensland, he's doing some stuff on March the 2nd and tickets are only $50. So pretty fair, uh, affordable uh, day out there with Andrew if you are available. He also did an interview, for those who don't know, uh, about a week ago on the 5th of January. That was on 4BC Brisbane. And again, went about 14 minutes. He talks a a bit about uh, being in excess and deciding to go solo and just the growth of, you know, what he's been doing. So that is worth a listen. And probably the most important bit of news is great friend of the podcast, Manny has put uh, the green light on his book. be do you want to share with the listeners where that sits? Do
0: you know Manny was just talking on one of our socials, and Danielle just got talking to him, and then he found out about the podcast and became a patron, and now he's writing a book. Right. How <laughs> bloody amazing yes. is this? And and, and um, Tim's read his book, and Tim's all behind it, and yeah, really? I'm holding Manny's hand here, and um, it's it's going to be the best book. out out there. It's going to be like our little Bible, I reckon, Hayden. We Me and you will be like, you know, using it as a reference. Actually,
1: you know what's really funny? I just looked down here and i am probably asked you a question. I'm going to bloody answer. But is it in Ireland on a leap year, February 29th, that's when there's that, that, that date that people have proposed because it's like this Irish special day, the leap year date? Manny's releasing his book on February 29th. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty yeah, cool. I didn't realise yeah. that.
0: So we're going to get him on the show. Yeah. Um, hopefully he'll be doing a book giveaway as yeah. well. But you and I have got a copy each, which is really nice. And um, we get, um, we're get we very lucky that he's used um, a lot of what's been referenced that um, Hayden has um, spoken about and a lot of um, our interviews that are in there too. So it'll be interesting to see. I can't wait to see it.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. You know, anything that can sort of spread, you know, you know the the value of their music globally in any way we do it. Like, you know, I'm never ever jealous of any other podcast talking about NXS. I'm never jealous about anybody else going off to be inspired to do their own podcast. Like we saw with um, uh, Laurie, you know, great friend of the podcast, worked with us for a long time in Chicago. I'm so proud that, you know, people have been inspired to do their own things um, mm-hmm. That maybe have, that maybe fermented a bit by listening to us, you know. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. it's great that people have had that inspiration to do those things.
0: Little sprouts off, isn't that? Yeah. And then um, Manny says he reckons that there is a, probably a book about us and the podcast <laughs> one day. <laughs> oh wow! <well. laughs> that will be a big
1: book. <laughs> it'll, 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 it'll be a, a secret sealed edition. We'll takes all the, the punch ups we've had, you know. <laughs> I'll yeah. punch it but, um, but Bea, I, I thought I'd just keep the news to the import stuff The stuff that was time sensitive a little bit Like tours and things like that um, There'll be a, a very big uh, other comprehensive update Of other news that I've already prepared for next week What's the time for now? Hey
2: this is Tim Ferriss Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans Thanks for listening I love you Hayden and B. You're doing a great job Keep it up
1: it's time for Topic of the Week. All right, Bea, the album of the songs, as we sort of alluded to earlier, we're going to really dive deep into the actual, the album itself, and to talk, you know, what made this album such a special release at the time. I thought I would go a little bit visual first, though, Bee, and just maybe throw to you there. The artwork and the cover by the great Herb Ritz there of Michael and some of the shots there, as she's holding it up to the screen. What a really great sort of portrait there with the shadow on the side and just... Michael looking down and uh looks healthy and fit and muscular and the hair looks great. I'm saying, like a fangirl, aren't I? <laughs>
0: well, you do love the Mando, yeah. so it's okay. We can say that in these this day and age. That's fine. Yes. Even though we know this is Michael in ninety-seven, yeah. he does look very much like ninety-four with the hair. Um and like you say, it's actually good that he's not looking into camera because yeah. his hands are crossed. It's it's it is it is quite moving. Yeah. It's a beautiful picture. Yep yeah
1: and inside obviously mm. you know the cover there there's some other shots there there's obviously in the back there Michael in the chair and uh, I think on the straight line CDD single there he's got him putting his head out the window I think in a Paris hotel room or whatever you know it's just really well constructed and Herb I think has done some other stuff uh, early in the decade of the 90s with the band I think it might have been this, the great video collection and maybe some of the uh, stuff on the full moon th- uh, things there but Uh, Yeah, any sort of comments to add to the the visual side of the album cover, Bea?
0: There's some really small shots of Michael playing the guitar. (laughs) Definitely. We we read this or we saw it somewhere else that even though Michael played guitar, obviously didn't play it as well as in excess. But, yeah, it'd be nice to know if he did actually play some of them or he was able to strum out his tunes Mm. that he wanted to have um, played on the album. But, yeah, there's... um, a few nice little pictures there there's ones of him hitching a ride in paris it's great that the lyrics are there because they don't coincide with the google okay. lyrics that All i, right. keep looking I you've matched something. love this picture which um i think we'll be using that this right. week cool. you've
1: yeah. matched something that i was going to say earlier so i think we're on the same page but uh just a couple of quick things there with with the lyrics there i think we're going to talk a lot about them i think in our review today because i think particularly this unfortunately you know I could say you know in a kind way this is like an epitaph it's almost like a man departing the world it's almost like he's his letters of goodbye you know in in tune unfortunately Mm -hmm. you know and more than ever I think you know this album personifies just the sheer honesty and and uh you know the the brink that he was on you know in terms of just well wellness and and um you know discontent so it will sort of formulate, probably more than any other album review, a bit of our discussion today. We'll also do what we try and do, is compare the songs where you'll go first, I'll go first, you know, rotate around, and then, you know, give our vote of approval, whether it's an OK or whether it's a stinker. And We never do compare our notes before an album review. We, you know, we like to, you know, have the, the Christmas little uh, present open. I mean, likes this one too, like I do. Uh, and we haven't always agreed over the journey. I think uh, that was one of the the conditions of joining the podcast, Pierce. said, you can't agree with everything I say. And you've done. <laughs> and you've done a great job with that. I have. <laughs> I'm not.
0: Gonna, that's my, I'm not going to repeat anything. Not a music right, sense. Okay. That'll
1: bake for interesting. I can't wait to hear your views <laughs> on some of the songs there. As I sort of re- was listening a little bit earlier today, you know, just while I was doing some work and things, I think you come up with something that you alluded to just a minute ago that I have, and that is that. On Spotify, some of the lyrics on them are actually accurate to the songs listed. I think one of the songs, Fear, for example, there has got a completely set of different lyrics. And then Flesh and Blood, when I played that today, Don't, Don't Save Me From Myself came up. So the Spotify you know, version of this album I don't know, that's right, there's some glitches there and maybe some other people have gone through the same thing, but did you go through that as well?
0: Not Spotify, it was um, just Google. Just Google, okay. Um, and I just, I just Googled yeah. the lyrics just to make sure that I and was I sort double like checked, it right. I double
1: checked myself I double-checked myself because I'm not really a Spotify guy. Like, I don't really have to do playlists or anything there. I'm a CD guy or an album or I won't say a tape guy anymore, but uh, really the CDs is my sort of still my mantra because like you did earlier, you held up the CD and you're able to touch it and open up the booklet and look at the lyrics and the pictures. That is part of the the consumption experience of being a music fan is it it is tactile and it is participating and it's not just something you press a button and it's easy come, easy go. So, you know, again, as I said, with Spotify stuff there, if you can get the hard copy of this... Uh, beat a CD, I would go with that ahead of anything else.
0: It's nothing like grabbing something quite hard, is it? Like well, a hard I'll card leave card. that to you
1: there, you, know, <laughs> and you sound like an experience in that department.
2: No, uh, but
0: like I was in this record shop today, though, and it's, it is. It's a great experience just going into a record shop and flipping through the vinyls yeah. and just um, having a look at the beautiful
1: artwork. Well, when we do these reviews, as I said, before Christmas, we spoke about Kenny Aronoff being uh, John Cougar Mellonkamp's uh, drummer. And he was one of the guys working with Danny Saber that last three or four days with Michael before Michael passed. And uh, that was sort of a liner note that I saw, obviously, within the, the CD and the album. And if you didn't have it, you know, or you didn't look for that sort of stuff there when you're researching... Um, or you're just pressing streaming buttons, you miss out on those little little sort of nuggets of information. So
0: actually, before we start, you've just reminded me of something, and I'm going to tell you because you you can talk a lot, and I'll miss my moment. Right? So my <laughs> moment's now. Right? Go down. So I was playing table tennis with my husband over Christmas and the kids, and he was playing his his list, and you know when it goes into not Spotify list, it was just his list, and it was on on random, and then there was a song on there, and I went, who's that? And he says, that's you too. And I was like, oh. I says, that sounds like Michael. And he goes, really? So I looked it up and it's called Happiness is a Warm Gun. Have you heard of tune? So that's a
1: Beatles uh, cover.
0: It's a Beatles cover. Guess who produced it? Who? Danny Saber.
1: Um, In the
0: same era, okay. so that's why yeah. it sounds like it should be. How funny that I should pick that up! Look what you've oh, done yeah. to me, Hayden. <laughs> How
1: did I? Well, you're now getting anecdotal and you're getting deep dive, and I like it. Yeah. I like this. Little, so I've
0: spoken to Danny, and he says he's going to give us more information about that song. But he actually did a few of those songs, um, and you can hear the sounds. They're yeah. very similar.
1: But you two had a, they had a lot of B sides off some of their uh, pop mart sort of album singles around 97. I think that might've been one of them where uh, they put that out as a B-side and that was a, a Beatles song from the White Album. But um, yeah, producers can make artists sound a bit similar. Like there are a couple of JD vocals that sound very much like Michael. And I don't think JD, I mean, JD is a baritone, was a smoker too, and whatever, but I don't think JD as a, as a singer sounds like Michael. The producers were able to tweak some stuff off the switcher where he does sound white light and white. But interesting get and welcome more information on that. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll get into the first track, which we did play as our exiting tribute song before Christmas, uh, which was the song Let Me Show You uh, off side one. Uh, I'm going to give you the new ball B. We'll play that and then let you come in first with your take on the song.
2: Twilight, how i tried to get my Safe. I'm tasting you, intoxicated by every move.
0: very bittersweet album because we know what happened but this is an absolute belt out of a song it's perfect who knows what michael wanted the order of these songs they did well to put this one forward i felt that this is really having a go at bob Definitely a loaded gun and all of those. And I'm actually thinking about the lyrics because I haven't written the lyrics down here. I've
1: got them in front of me there. One of the things he says, uh, let me show you how you make me feel mm. in brackets. I got my finger on the trigger. Yeah. yeah pretty. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah,
0: he's yeah, angry, isn't he? And the guitar, yeah. my God, that's Danny on guitar, I believe. A very yep. Lenny Kravitz, you know, it's got a real angry sort of get it's in a, there. I'm going
1: to use this phrase a little bit, but it's a lot of dirty guitar on this album. Yes. Very raucous, very dirty, whatever. You know, I mean, excess could be slick at times and they could be a little bit raucous at times. But um, there's a lot of dirty guitar on this. And I think that was what Michael sonically wanted. Um mm. Uh, and that was a bit similar to that era where distorted guitars and, yeah. you know, loops and things were becoming more apparent in the production game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know it's great. Really, really good, a strong track. I mean, it's so cool. Um, It's really loaded with um, aggression. But again, you can hear Michael speak every lyric it's not yeah. like oh what's he saying there you can hear him he's so clear so together yeah. um so he might be angry but he's delivering this perfectly
1: yeah now a couple little things there joe strummer as i mentioned for christmas does the vocal refrain where it's like give it up uh, give it in joe obviously and michael you know crossed paths in their musical journeys obviously joe was a little bit ahead of in excess in their time being in the clash uh Having had sort of uh, success prior In Excess. I think they had done gigs or concerts before where Strummer may have, through solo tours, supported In Excess in America. Uh, I do know famously that there's a story about him and Iggy Pop turning up to Michael's hotel room, and Michael had a few femme fatales there on arrival. But uh, again, you know, Joe donated his time for the song, probably says something about how we felt about Michael. Unfortunately, only two years later, uh, Joe lost his battle with a heart attack. So, you know, 2001. but. A great opening to the album, B, and I think we both have thumbs up for that one.
0: I don't think it's dated either, do you?
1: No, no, it no. still sounds good. No,
0: such a and cool song. It gets song. the album
1: off to, as I said, a bit of an aggressive start, you know?
0: Yes. Okay, you ready for number All right. two?
1: All right, song two, Play it Away, Possibilities to Be. We'll have a little sample of that.
2: touch, heard a story, sounded easy, if you don't care, when you're lying through your teeth, I was shook up, intoxicated,
1: drank you yeah. said, yeah this is probably pound for pound my favorite song on the album because it's so different it's such a musical stretch i was listening to i'm in a bit of a tarantino uh career phase at the moment he's got one more movie to do and and they're talking about his movies and everyone always talks about pulp fiction right but he and a lot of critics think that inglorious bastard is his most accomplished cinematic achievement because he got christoph waltz in who was French-speaking, German-speaking, and English-speaking. And the dialogue and the the way it was constructed was such a stretch for what Quinn had never done before. And I look at this song the same way for Michael. Like, you've got trip-hop's sort of said massive attack Beach. You've got this beautiful 1950s orchestral sort of lush opening. You've got this phrasing, these lyrics. It's haunting, it's evocative, it's compelling. It could be a great Bond, uh, James Bond movie song. The lyrics, someone told me life was easy, they were lying through their teeth nothing's perfect, hearts are broken. I mean, you know, like, talk about, you know, hit you between the solar plexus. I mean, it's just an amazing piece of music, and if In Excess had done it, it'd be in their top 10 musical tracks. Now, it's, again, it's different to being a three, four-minute, you know, sexy dance song, whatever. This is a musical, artistic statement, this song. That's what I'm probably trying to get at. And it's catchy without, you know, being full of hooks, but if Michael wanted to go and do a solo album, the price of buying this album alone is getting this song.
0: I absolutely agree. It's my yeah. top song of the album too. Yeah. For a lot of those reasons, and um, the fact that you know he's opened his heart for us all to see and hear. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, I think I read somewhere that you said it would make a really good bond theme song as well. Yeah, yeah. Totally, I, I totally before. agree there, especially with that, um, the orchestral side of it, the strings. Yeah,
1: and, and it's, there's about two or three others here on this album where they're very cinematic, you know, songs and very haunting and, and they, they're they slow builders and they, they grow to a crescendo, you know? So um, It's just deep and emotional, yeah, isn't and, it? And,
0: and
1: and this is not a song that's what I, as I said earlier, accessible in the sense it's a three, four minute hooky dance thing. It's a song that, you know, if there's a sad scene in a movie or if you're not going through a great time, it could make you probably cry, you know. But the word possibilities is such a beautiful word. Hope. You know, and it's about hope and, and, and he wasn't around to explore those possibilities. And this is one of the ironies of the lyric versus, you know, what happened to him. So, mm. uh, But, yeah.
0: That feel as well the way that he's delivering it. So strange, and like yeah. it's like it's like quite beat. It's like it's like okay, my life's sort of changed. Feel,
1: I, I reckon this, I, this, I, the word. I don't I reckon the words. It's almost philosophical. Yeah, it's,
0: almost,
1: it's weird how this occurred and that occurred, and now I'm here, and you know, um, all the different sort of you know emotions he goes through, and again, it's he's most honest and, and revealing. And I think you know we saw elegantly wasted come out technically after this album, but you'd sort of think an elegantly wasted album with all those great songs and lyrics, hello, Pedro wouldn't probably have occurred without Michael opening himself up to being a bit more forthright and introspective vocally and sharing like he's done here.
0: Hmm. I just want to add two more things. There was um, a lyric in there I could never hear him say. I really thought he was saying save my life in this, but he doesn't. He says, I'm so alive. Yeah. That's what he says. And the ending of the heartbeat and then it stops yeah that is just heartbreaking
1: Mm. and i mean nxs were very sonic was sonically was their strength and 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 lyrics are very good but don't be afraid to occasionally pull out lyrics and listen to an album with you know your your headphones on and go through the lyrics and be part of the song it's another way you can actually have a different feel or interpretation of what's going what's occurring in the track like a song like every breath you take a lot of people think this is a beautiful romantic wedding song but It's actually a stalker song from a jealous boyfriend who's like, I'll be watching you, you know? (laughs) So there are songs out there that people misguide or misinterpret for for where their intent is. And, you know, I think this is a great album, particularly for Michael, to go back and if you are trying to reconcile where he was at, these lyrics tell you Mm. more than anything. All right, next one being number three, Get On The Inside, we'll play a little bit of a sample. Then we'll come back to you for your first take. We'll
2: tick We'll
0: It's a fun little song, isn't it, musically? But if you listen to the lyrics again, he's like, you know, going through quite a lot there. Um, there's, there's the the lyric, "as a junk junkie is a jailer too," you know, it's like there's all these things that are like him um, to move forward that you know get on, on in the inside of me and find out what I'm actually opening up his chest and showing you what he's really going through um, again angry uh, but also very clear
1: look again it's one of those uh, tracks that Michael and in excess you know have been quite good at it uh, to me it's got a little bit of an elements of a mid-tempo in excess song it's got some sort of feel of a max Q track a little bit similar in parts um, it's got a little bit of a funky sort of 90s soul thing going with the sort of echo vocals of the chorus um, i always like a little vocal refrain about two minutes 50 he's really going for it mm-hmm. it's got some nice little brass three-piece brass sections and some really good programming i think from danny and andy and again it's it, it wouldn't be my top five songs in the album, but it's a very solid third song to keep the flow going and it does reveal more of itself each time you listen to it and i think Michael's vocals are probably the best thing on here Not not his best vocals on the album, but one of the best parts of the song is his vocal delivery here.
0: Yeah, I agree,
1: I agree. All right, B. well, uh, song number four, we're going to go into the song called Fear. Um, So we'll get a little bit of a sampler to start off this song. I'm
2: not
1: I said earlier, don't follow it on the uh, Spotify version for the lyrics. You might need to open up a different platform to get the exact lyrics. The lyrics are very potent. The line in here that is quite compelling that I can sort of um, highlight, he says, uh, well, it starts off, tell me something i got to know, all your troubles I want to own. I'm not preaching because I'm full of sin, nothing's secret, then I've not done. You know, again, he's coming from a place of pretty much honesty about it. He knows he's a bit of a bad lad occasionally. He stretches uh, uh, life to its fullest. Um but again, it's uh, he uses this phrase, kiss the warm knives as they dig for your soul. They're in the corner of my dirty home. Take the silver. I paid that price. Here's the scandal. And they, they don't let the truth get in the way. Yeah. Which is a bit of a, a riposte of journos and mm. just exploitative journalism and, and opinion makers and things, isn't it?
0: But when is enough enough, you know? They just wanted their piece of everything out of them. Yes, like you said, he 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 was naughty for a bit, but why bloody keep it going? Bastards.
1: Yeah, and it's it's you know, the truth is a really interesting exercise in, in 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 the construct of where we are now. This song was written 28 years ago, right? Mm. And now, I mean, the truth has never been more manipulated. You know, through media now, through you know, you were an NBC or you were uh, a Fox News person, politicians, different sides. You know, what's left? What's right? What's male? What's female? I mean. You know, the truth has never been more under fire uh, now and I just want Michael, you know, if he was living in this era, would look at the the, the media side of things now because I don't think it's improved.
0: No, it hasn't. No, it
1: has not. How do you rate this song overall in your uh, sort of uh, basket of opinions on the album, B? Where does it sit for you?
0: Well, it's a good fourth in the actual running of things. Um, I'd I'd say it's sat in the middle to tell you the truth. I don't think it's a bad song at all. Yeah, um, yeah, there's some good um, lyrics in there again it's just also personal isn't
1: it yeah and 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 even that sort of uh he does that sort of thing at the end where he's like uh burning teasing searching fever twisting yes turning i'm the white truth dealer yes um you know again it's it's such a good line i'm the white truth dealer <laughs> mm. it's a drug reference but also about i'm dealing truth in my reality and again just takes us back to where what he was feeling, what he was going through, what he's expressing, and yeah, expressing that's what a musician does.
0: Yeah, and that part that there is a corner of my room that is dirty, meaning his life there. You know, yeah, but that's mine. It's personal. It's not supposed to be in the yep. newspapers. Yeah,
1: that's right. Well, look, I think it's a really strong start. As I said, you know, there's no clunkers so far. Uh, we're gonna go into song number five, uh, and we we'll get your take on this one after a little sample of all I'm saying.
0: that uh, michael's voice is very low in this um in this track it could be a little bit higher uh, i don't know why it was quite low in there because when you say
1: low you talk you're talking it's,
0: it's uh, not forward enough in the actual production side of it
1: i'd look at it and go this is a really slow you know burning song and it's a bit you know it's a bit like, a bit like men and women are welcome to wherever you are you remember that song you didn't like
0: So that's probably why I don't. I I don't not like this song. I just think that it could be higher. I think there was another track, was it Communications, that he's quite low on as well.
1: What he's doing here, and again, I can't, I'm not saying you're wrong or right or whatever. I think what he's just doing is exploring the various vocal tones of what he can do. And Mm. this song is a meandering sort of thing that just builds and builds and builds. And it has quite a sort of, again, James Bond-esque sort of big orchestral finish. It's a bit like structuralized men and women. I think this was one that uh, also was a bit different. It was written by Michael and Tim from Bond the Base, so it wasn't Andy Gill or Danny on this one. So it does sort of
0: stand, stand out a little bit more, doesn't it? Stand
1: a bit separate,
0: mm. maybe because of that. There's yeah, a bit of a, yeah.
1: you know, a subtle, bold, sort of big Bond, bond grandiose sound about two minutes and thirty-six. You know that comes across, and then then it sort of jumps to almost like this Pink Floyd on the Run bit, where there are these little sort of scene, little sort of running scenes and things, but. Uh, through the music, but it probably is an acquired taste. Uh, I like it, it's something that probably initially I didn't like straight away, but again, I, I read the lyrics and started so i understand it better and um, to me, it, it doesn't curb the momentum, but it, it's probably not uh, a top three on the album for me.
2: After
0: reading the lyrics and trying to think about where Michael had been, I think this, I'm only saying, I'm only saying, I think this was written for Kylie or Helena, one of them, it's for a past lover, definitely.
1: I think it's a bit of a nail in the haystack when we're looking for lovers, because so many. <laughs> maybe it's a combination of lovers. I don't know, but yeah, you're right. Um,
0: but it definitely is a past lover. You know, put your heart, um, you put your heart with trust in my hands. I held so tight, kept you protected from things. Did you ever think about it? Did you ever cry about it? So it's about like him. It saying, could be about
1: Paula too. This particular one around this time, you know, but who knows? Um, I think he's. You know an empath uh or was an empath and most the fact that every female who we did break up with still loved him mm. it could be at about many of them because being a girlfriend or a partner like the hutchins came with uh, baggage you know because of you know the amount of women he loved him and you know the the uh, tension, the media spotlighted things
0: it's not about paula definitely about paula it's definitely i'm <laughs> i'm digging even deeper here Um it says um it comes around tell me about it the life you found mm. Mm.
1: yeah yeah again, we'll, we'll never quite know but uh, maybe it's a tim seminar thing who did co-write it mm. with him uh, could share something that will do a bit of digging yes all right then, now we're going to get to song six which is the last song on uh side eight uh which is called straight line uh or straight line and this was a single off the album so we'll get a little bit of a sampler and Uh, I think it is me to go first this time, so we'll get a little bit of a plane now and come back to me.
2: Yeah, we're just watching history Now that the dogs are barking, take a picture for your children make it real in color. Mm-hmm. life in the junkyard's hard, even when the dogs are sleeping, if you win, you lose the next spin, let's just have a friend of a I watch the black and white bleeding, don't you know the
1: September 13th in Australia, uh, and then it was released on the 27th of September. Video directed by a guy called uh, D- D- S.A. Barron, who uh, who done videos for Whitney Houston and Public Enemy. The only bit sort of sounds a bit like drills in a, in a dentist, doesn't it, be? Um it's got Denise Johnson for Prime Scream on backing vocals. To me, it's got a sort of similar NXS es- escalation type thing to it. Uh, I love the line, come to the end of my losing street, which I think is a great lyric, and I like the American Express swipe. Get me out of (laughs) here. I thought as a lead single, it was not distinctive enough from In Excess to spearhead the album. I think they put it out, uh, and again, he wasn't around to pick it as a single, but to me, it wasn't too much of a departure enough to be a lead single for the album. The first song off an album should be something that represents diversity, growth, evolution of a band's sound, and think of in excess of singles you know what you need was growth original sin was growth heaven send was growth the gift was gross uh was gross uh yeah sorry (laughs) there's some gross scenes but a lot of the lead singles off albums represent growth in a man i thought this song was a solid track a good track even above average track but not distinctive enough for it to be you know uh reflective of the rest of the album where some of the possibilities was but i still like it and enjoy it but What was your take on sort of listening to it be on this revisit?
0: I love this track love yep. love love it um it's yep. one of those when it comes on and i'm going down the motorway it might be something to do with going down a straight line <laughs> I, nice. I love i love singing along to it it's quite optimistic it's empowering yes it has got a lot of um in excessness to it as well um i i, I again i didn't like the squeaky bits i must admit that can that makes it feel dated for me um but i like that take a photo for all your children and all those little bits in there it's just a it just makes it a little bit more um, fun to listen to as well. Again, you know, like I say, optimistic because he's at the end of the losing streak.
1: Well, well yeah, he says, I've come to the end of my losing streak. Yeah. You see, that actually is probably optimistic of them more yeah. album because, mm. you know, probably ultimately didn't lead to that way, but it was... Um it was obviously a sort of an optimistic lyric there. I watched the black and white, black and white bleeding. Don't you know the pain I'm in, I've been working all week and I'm thinking on my feet and I've come to the end of my losing streak, you know? Like, you sort of both grizzle, both solution. Um, but uh, yeah, as I said, it's a good way to finish site A and I think it's a good up-tempo track, especially after all I'm saying and maybe fear and, and things like that being a little bit more melancholic.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i do have the single in my hand here and um, the single also had um standing on the rooftop which um is a a, another song that's um hidden so maybe we can play that another time and the passenger is on their toe
1: is there a song that let the people speak as well on that no
0: just three
1: might be on another version of it anyway all right so that's a side a b i think it's a pretty strong start you know in terms of the album like there's been no real clunker and each song, in a way, is quite distinctive from each other. They—they're not cookie cutter sort of sounds and sonics that sort of blend in. They are quite distinct in their own in their own sort of uh, sounds, aren't they?
0: Yes, right. Yeah, it yeah. is. It All
1: is. right. Now, famously, what do we normally do at the end of side A when we are doing our reviews?
0: Well, I don't want to go for a wee, and I really don't want to hear <laughs> you go for a wee.
1: But our patrons might, anyway. Oh. So let's turn.
0: Well, let's turn over.
1: Let's uh, pause for a moment.
0: I'll go and make us both a margarita. All right. Here's your margarita, mate.
1: Thank you very much. Cheers. All right. Side two. Now, uh, first side, six songs. Uh, second side, seven songs. So 13 tracks, which is always a little bit different. Often you see most albums are 11 or 12, but they've got 13 on this. First one, B. Nice little, you know, heartfelt lyric here. The song's called Baby It's All Right. And we'll play a sample of that and let you have the first uh, crack. Look at the mess. I make it
2: that man across, across your face as it's on and start a show with her. five hits i one hits just another
0: very down in the lyric side of it, but it's quite an tempo. Um, that flippant voice of solve it. It's all right. Is it, is it like, yeah, yeah. You know, as if I can just solve it and it's going to be all right. It's obviously a little bit more than that for him. Um, so he's just getting a bit sick of it. I suppose maybe I'm guessing that, you know, it's like one or two years into the feud with Bob and he's, Pretty much getting. This one
1: feels like a Paul. I'm looking out for you. Yeah. Uh, look at the mess I'm making. Look at the mess across your face. Yeah. As bitterness started showing, five years, no one hears. Just mm. another night too scared to mm. bleed. It's got that feeling of being right in the uh, mind's eye of this. Yeah. Uh,
0: it's funny that you should say about the mess across her face. There is a famous picture of Paula because the the paps were always outside their door that she spread Vegemite across her face. Um, right. Yeah, and it was a um, photo well, I th- taken. I,
1: I, I think this is the most literal account. He says, "I'm sick of the dogs outside my window." So, mm-hmm. um, well, for a I'd- time
0: they had to go up onto the rooftop to just That's to get right. some fresh air. That's yeah. right.
1: So bad. That's right. So they were sort of Fleet Street's sort of biggest story at the time. So, uh, beginning to the song itself, tell us a bit about your thoughts of the song.
0: Yeah, it's really tuneful. I really yeah. like it. I I would actually put it. Chorus. Yeah, it's yeah. got a great chorus. I'd actually put it into the top level of this um album in yep. my um in, in my um charts. Um yep. what are your thoughts?
1: My thoughts are it's quite a, a commercial well constructed pop song in a sense that it's got a, a, a an intro, a really solid chorus, you know, middle eight, verse back to the the chorus and structurally, structurally it's really good and the, the Baby It's Alright is really good. And I, he sort of sings it in a very soothing tone. And he's a new dad, you know, so it's got a reference in that sense. He does a little rap spoken word sort of type of thing uh, as well. About 1 minute 50 in, there's a really great loud guitar interlude, that really dirty guitar that comes in uh, and heavies it up. So it's a top five for me on this this album. I, I think it's really good. And you could imagine if it was back in the day where artists all these four or five singles from now, but it would have probably made it to that.
0: Yeah, agree. Yeah. Yeah, agree. Okay, you ready for um, the next one?
1: Next one, we're up to song eight, Uh, Don't Save Me From Myself. Okay, give us a little sample, B. I'm not
2: keeping time
1: Probably one of the harder lyrics to listen to, uh, I guess absorb and understand what he's what he's going through. Let me just deal with the song itself and then the sort of the meaning behind it. Um, I think it's got a great guitar, great chorus, ominous lyrics. Obviously, it's painful, but the hooks are fantastic. I wrote down here at the time, when I listened to it again. Someone should have done uh, or listed a welfare check on him alone after he submitted this lyric. Yeah, you know, in terms of you know the the lyrical sort of breakdown of things like. No, no offense to the guys he's working with, but if I had read this lyric and I'm putting it on some the the notes and I'm part of A&R, I'd be looking at this going, could someone knock on his door and say, are you okay? Cause mm. as much as I love this song, the last, you know, 12 lines of the song don't save me from myself, you know? So it really is a cry for help this one for me, even though it's a great song books, it's 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 a hard listen based upon the cry for help that I think it resonates. Yeah, I hear
0: yeah. I hear that and obviously that's the title of the um song as well. Um I think they played this out in Last Rock Star that um Danny was part of. I'm right. not sure sh- I'm not sure here. And I cried yep. a lot when I first heard this song. It's um Yeah. And it's like it's it's, it's not like it's really ironic. It's like sad and but funky and happy at the same time, you just don't know how to feel with it.
1: Yeah, he says, I listen to the wind and mystery comes. Alive, don't tie me up again, separate love from possession.
0: Well, that lyric in itself, hey. Yeah.
1: Does all the glitters shine? Question mark. Love that new attraction. You know, like, you know, beware of what you wish for and, you know, do you really need it? Animal inside leads me to the conclusion, don't save me from myself. I mean, it's it's really like a I've made a decision here, I'm out of here and um yeah, don't come saving me, and, and ultimately, you know, be, be careful what you wish for. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But as a song, if I – I think it's a, the best way to handle this song is, is enjoy the songs. Don't, don't read the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that, that's
0: exactly – that's exactly how – you have to listen to to some of this album as well. You have to treat
1: it like this one's almost a bit too to the bone. Yeah, Yeah,
0: because I did ask a few people to write or to send me a review of some of the patrons and some of them found it too hard to actually, well, they wrote it and they just went, I can't, it's too heartbreaking. But that's because we know what happened to Michael afterwards and what he was going through. But, like, this is art. I mean, this is just... Um, you know
1: michael is latin us in yeah we're, we're very fortunate very it is, fortunate. i mean th- i guess a lot of the lyrics are quite literal you know they're not mm. um they're well written constructive but they're not too arty farty you know subject to opinion i mean there's a couple we've obviously had some opinions on but a lot of them are, are very impassioned and, and and pleading you know mm. so um, that being the case i guess uh, look, this is a top three song for me on the album. It's probably uh, the number one hardest one to listen to. It's <laughs> uh, same, You take yeah. the lyrics to heart, you know.
0: It's a definite bittersweet, that one, isn't it?
1: Yes. All right, uh, we're up to song number nine. And uh, what a perfect song for you, B. I When I see this song, I think of you a little bit, okay. It's called She Flirts for England. We're going to get a bit of a sampler of that. And I think back in your day, you probably uh, did a little flirting over in your English days, okay, in a happy way. But let's put on She Flirts for England and come back and give you the new ball.
0: Don't like this song. I've never enjoyed it. I hear the lyrics though; the lyrics are lovely, but it's just so damn god depressing. The um the music side of it. Um, let me look at my notes here. Um, talks about the pre yeah. So it's all about. Waller and her life because her dad was a preacher and he did take lovers and it was very public it was very sad and I've heard that she did have these blue winter eyes Um, hear the echoes calling for the secrets the only thing that I really got out with it was that he really did love Paula and you know they shared all these secrets and there was a a different type of love there that um, nobody else could understand you know they were like oh she's not Helena and all of that but yes she flirts through england she did she Flirted away on the tube and all of her little giggliness and uh, all well, of fluffy dresses and yeah. uh, I wanted to be the baller when I was a teenager. So totally get what he uh, loved about her.
1: Well, Michael got this lyric from Bono when Bono made a reference. He said, "After seeing her, you know, on the tube with him, he said, oh, man, that woman, she fled for England.' You know, yeah. Yeah. so that's sort of inspired Michael to write a song about it. And I and I I think the the lyric and um, the concept behind it was really good. It just meanders a little bit for me. It, it probably, as I said, uh, would be one that I would skip. I yes. wouldn't call it stinker in the sense that I think it's just awful. Um, I just think it's just one for me that's probably the bottom two. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: that it I just hasn't plan- got
0: enough hooks in there to keep you going either. It's just, yeah, it's... Mm. Yeah. For a song about Paula who was full of life, this song isn't. Does it justice? So I don't know what he was thinking with this one. Sorry, Michael. Yeah. But, yeah, I also probably haven't even listened to the very end because I just yeah. can't.
1: Yeah. As I said, it's not terrible. It's just sort of – it's just it's just a bit vanilla, uh, again. But, you know, again, music uh, is all that in the ear of the beholder. You might like it. But um, give it a go and mm. form your own opinions, peoples.
0: Yes. Going to get lots of emails about that one, yeah.
1: aren't we? <laughs> Well, who knows? There might be some people who like it. I think I remember mentioning She Is Rising was the one I'd like at all on, on uh, uh, Lee Wasted and, uh, you know, the house nearly got burnt down there from Pedro and a few others around the world. Oh, but no, um,
0: yeah. That's you fine. Know what? Do you know what? Do, do you know, I have to be honest. I really yeah. do like that song and I've got, for some reason, i got it mixed up with that, the fl- flirt for England. Um, <laughs> the, the, the word, though, she flirts for England, that's quite a common phrase in England that people say. Yes, speak. yeah, but,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think in the context of being aligned to her, I think it might have just been a reference to Bono singing Michael and her on the bed or other guests she does on the the Big Breakfast show on the day on the tube there. It got sort of parlayed into sort of a a song here. All right, we'll go to the next one, B, Flesh and Blood. Uh, Interesting it's a lyric here, B. You're pointing at me.
0: It's your turn. Mm-hmm. I was trying to point then, but I obviously can't. I know. Point. I'm right, even right. your
1: odds. <laughs> <laughs> you Number got 10. it. Yeah. I got it. I got it. I got it, my sister. Uh, <laughs> but first of all, let me just mention uh, well actually let's play the sample first and I'll come back and talk.
2: Strip away bones and skin Looking for no sense of your flesh and blood what the longest to walk to the farthest town you are outside something inside to weather what want to hear again you are outside
1: all right uh for some uh, interesting about the lyric here if we think ahead to Allegory Waste and we think to Just a Man the words flesh and blood uh reappear uh, so I guess initially they appeared on the solo album that was released after, called Allegedly Wasted, but they are the cornerstone uh, of the lyrics uh, and the title of this particular song from Michael. To me, this One* again, doesn't jump off the page for me. It's a, it, it just goes. It's got a cinematic sound to it. Uh, it's got a, a sort of a, a building feel to it, and some of the lyrics are meaningful, but it sort of stays in sort of, I'd say, first and second gear for me. Uh, I probably don't go back to this song with huge fondness, it's five minutes and four seconds, so it is also, yeah, you know, it goes a while, so you've got to be really into it to really be into it. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it, B. You might have different thoughts. Absolutely
0: got completely different thoughts on this. I oh. love this song. I okay. Love, love, love it. And okay. Yeah, I, like I said, I play this album quite a lot actually. Um, Pain and Pleasure is Gone, A Love it's Lost. So it's about somebody who was in love with and it was, you know very painful to let that love go and yeah. yeah i think we've all been well maybe not all but um definitely been there and lost somebody that i loved um making love make it right i love it yeah it's it's probably, one,
1: it's, it's probably yeah well like we have differences on things because we all hear things differently but some songs as it evoke and connect with people in different ways and you know many others will agree with you most likely all right uh moving ahead uh, we will go to the next one which is song number 11 put the pieces back together uh, we will uh, do a sample and come back for you to talk about this
2: Put the the every one I really like, back I love together.
0: singing along to this one. Great, great lyrics, great chorus. Um, the um, the lyrics about the chandelier and him hanging from these in, in different pieces. I can imagine just like little eyes, and things looking at you, um, and he just wants to be put back together. I mean, whoa! It's such an uh, an analogy. Is that the word? It's mm. just beautiful. Um, I could imagine the video to this just being. Superb if someone could ever do it. Any
1: song that have ends it with Pussycat, Pussycat, where have you been? I've been to London to see the Queen. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, bit, run- had-
0: bit random, that bit, isn't it? <laughs> it, it? It
1: sounds like Dick Winnington or something like that, it doesn't it? A book or whatever. But uh, yeah, like I think also too, it, it's a nice lyrical interplay here, Soot Me, sue Me. But it's a lyrical interplay that's sort of quite interesting. Uh, what else do you like about it? The,
0: the taste of everything and we know that you know michael was just an international man and he tried so many things not like he tasted all the foods you know he loved all his wines he loved all his women he had a he was open to i whatever that country or city would give him so him saying i i've had a taste of everything yeah yeah
1: look it's it's to me this one sort of uh he's having a bit of fun this He's having a bit of fun with this one, with a few little lyrical barbs. You get a feeling that it's a bit about i I've been there, done it before, bought the T-shirt and had a couple of yeah. little balls to others who are swinging from the cheap seats. Mm. Um, and, and again,
0: it's the, the guitar is very Lenny, isn't it? Very Lenny, Lenny Kravitz. It's really rocking and raw and gritty. Yeah, it's a, it's a and- dirty,
1: dirty guitar sound. It's, it's not sort of you know, uh, overproduced. It's coming from more of a, you, you feel like there's not too many uh, overdubs and things like that the other thing on here is just the ability to have fun in lyrics he says this thing here where he says he's another leader pretty head on the block got another axe to grind. if the dust ain't hard can he taste the money dripping off the tongue all this fear of love and war with a cold heart and smoking gun quite clever some of it rhyme some of it's sort of almost like a haiku sort of thing going but um, he's really sort of thinking about, you know, who's the leader in this sort of situation, you know? Is it him? Is it, he's another leader, pretty head on the block of people having a, uh, a go at me, got another axe to grind, you know? Is, it his, is he the subject of being ridiculed again and he's fighting back from that particular sort of situation? He's just not putting up with ships.
0: <laughs> I love it. Great song.
1: Uh, We'll move ahead to to the second last song, which is Breathe, uh, which we almost need to do after this episode. But uh, song number 12 is Breathe. Uh, Give us a sample of it. ones that it's a bit like all i'm saying it sort of builds and it, it 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 you have to stick with it it's not an accessible song you have to sort of work to probably like it and enjoy it in the sense that it challenges you a little bit but uh i thought the start of it had similar sounds to the song rock on by david essex you probably remember him
0: yeah i have to listen to that again though
1: yeah uh it's got sort of this pop it's quite a powerful on the sound it's got some sort of nine-inch nail sort of overtones and some sort of chilling lyrics like keep breathing and things Again, I think it's, as I said, one of those songs that uh, will reward you the more you listen to it and you give to it. It's not as easily going to jump out of the phones with a cookie-cutter chorus and things, Uh, but I like this uh, song particularly uh, on the back of the song before. I think it extends that same sort of feel.
0: Mm. The lyric, just keep breathing, just keep carrying on, just keep living, just keep going for your day to day. Um, the, The lyric also, the baby wrapped up inside her, so... You know, baby tiger inside Paula, and um, the way um, two people turn into one. So it's a, quite a love song, really.
1: I think, yeah. I think also too, it, it's a common expression, isn't it? You know, if people have panic attacks, just breathe. People are having, getting stressed out, just breathe, just breathe. And often in this lyrics, it's just breathe out, breathe out. So from that sort of point of view, um, and Bee's laughing because someone in my work where I'm recording is just turn the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's six o'clock at night, so now I'm, now I'm doing this in the dark, but that's fine. I'm I was waiting for white. the fireworks to come on then. Yeah, I'm a black and white album cover. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, again, it's sometimes we just say to ourselves, the value of breathing, I mean, look at yoga and all these different sort of techniques that people do. It's almost Michael sort of reaffirming sort of advice as the old age advice, just breathe, breathe out. It's mm-hmm. not going to be as bad. You know, let me look after my wife or my partner and my child and, you know, um, just hang in there.
0: Um, and there's a photo somewhere around of Michael actually doing a bit of yoga, so he was well yep. into it. Mm.
1: Well, he's probably a lot of various yoga body movements this time, but uh, yeah, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about the song overall, B? Uh, I guess I went first there, but your your take?
0: Yeah, I do. I do really enjoy it. Um, again, it's uh, it's up there. <laughs> a, a lot of them are actually. It's probably only really two that's swimming mm. at the bottom there. Um, um, yeah, it's a it's a good, great track. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. How long is
1: that track? That track, uh, to for Breathe, let me have a quick look down here. It goes for 3.53, so not overly long. It's the last track now, song number 13, quite a well-known song, obviously in, in, in light of the vocals uh, vocal sonnet. But uh, we'll go to Slide Away, which features obviously Bono on a sort of a, a backup sort of co-vocal with Michael. Let's give a little bit of a sample for those who've never heard it or
2: enjoyed it.
0: as well it's a friend wanting to help his mate in this like really awful time and bring him back to life i mean that's Mm. how it completely feels um bono's um lyrics i have to question a little bit so there's one part where he says like a dark star falls from grace i didn't like that it should be a shooting star (laughs) that's lost its light. Well, before Um, that
1: lyric, he says, uh, but you tore a hole in space, like a dark star falls from grace. I think it's more, you know, you passed away, you know, and it wasn't about what you did when you were living. It's it's like what happened at the end, unfortunately. uh, Because he follows it up and you burn across the sky, and I would find you wings to fly, and I would catch you. I would catch your fall. Like he's death yeah, was made if he was there in time, you know.
0: Yeah, I like I like that bit, but I just yeah. I don't know the the dark. And I know a dark star, you know, it's like um, a hole and falling. It's not Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but falling from grace. Oh, it's a bit sad. And then yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a, a great song, well put together. Lovely that Bono was part of it but um yeah it's just really
1: hard to listen to well let me pick it up the the uh enthusiasm in some senses for it overall i i think it's a fantastic song like um the lyrics i think the the vocals i think they feel like they're in the same bloody recording booth they feel so close together through the wonders of production you know
0: very clever i
1: think the way it came about was that uh bono wanted to help with the album through the associations mutually with danny Sabre. it it became a reality and Danny and Bono reached out to one another and Bono said have you got anything that's not quite finished and uh Danny said well I've got this song here or um, it might have been Andy I think or possibly Danny I don't know particularly but uh, effectively there was a song that wasn't quite finished and now the other verse was needed and that's where Bono chipped in with the slide away you know final sort of verse um uh, I think you know I'll talk about this song a little bit later about the opportunities this song could have had um but uh, it's a fantastic song. The vocal's great. There is it, it did go out as a radio promo type CD single. Uh, it wasn't sort of a commercially available single. It went out to radio more as a, a track to play on the radio to get people to buy the album. But it is a fitting end to the album. You know, you start off the the, the album with uh, Let Me Show You and you fit, put this this last one There's as quite a, a melancholy but in a way beautiful melody verse type structure with... Michael and the song slide away because that's what ultimately he did, and that's ultimately, you know, the the lyric and intent of the of this song. I think he just wants to slide away, but then come alive again in another world. You know.
0: Yeah, if only. Hey, let's hope he is. Let's hope he is. and that's it. That's the end of the album. I, I, did, I did read that it, the album is dedicated to Tiger as well. And then there's a little quote here from, um, from uh, Martha. I am extremely happy that Michael's solo album finally um, will be released. Um, she says the album meant so much to him. And I personally to see it as a looking glass into Michael's soul. And that's from Martha.
1: Well, I thought what we'd do but to wrap it up a little bit, B, is just a couple of little things. Well, just, just in terms of the commercial chart side of things, uh, hit number three in Australia, which I peaked at and went platinum in Australia, which is 70,000 copies. only made it to the top 200 in America for one week and then went out of the charts. Probably didn't have a lot of uh, record support over there. Uh, in the UK it hit number 90. So it wasn't the commercial sort of juggernaut that we all would have hoped. The first single straight line, uh, a straight line. Our uh, second promo one was Slide Away, as we said a bit earlier. Death often normally creates a bit of a morbid sort of marketing opportunity, because a bit like a painter, your value goes up and you die. You know, I got a little bit angry, B, back in 99, when I went to the Australian record stores and I saw the CD single and the album up on counters and posters there, I was getting a bit frustrated. I'm like, where was that for than than The Wasted two years ago, you know? Uh, you're only putting it out because, in Australia, Michael's home country, it was like the album that everybody was talking about and wanting to sort of uh, promote having said all of that you know if i had to go back and remarket this album and if we put our company hat on here the hard part about this is you've got in who probably aren't involved with this album uh in any way there are it's on a different label the, the v2 label uh the british label through branson the virgin label you've got martha troop who manages michael but you've got uh, Chris Murphy, who's already left and probably didn't have a great history of working with Michael's solo projects. You've got Inexcesses Management, you've got a band with the singer gone, and you don't have the artist around to promote the actual new album as well. So you, you have to, there has to be a gimmick other than just the unfortunate scenario where he passed, because that might get you the album out, but it doesn't give you a chance to get mileage. The best opportunity this album had to succeed is if Bono had of... Said to uh, Island Records, his record company, Go, you know, I'm doing this for a mate. I'd like to do a video. I'd like to do something here that promotes this song. It's 1999. They didn't release their new album until another year's time, 12 months later. So he had this sort of little gap in the strategy there. He was probably recording that already with, um, with YouTube, but he could have done something like that beautiful version of Unforgettable with Nat King Cole and Natalie Cole. You know, maybe a video where, you know, through production, there's Michael and there's obviously, Bono and done something really, really tasteful, you know. Um, and that could have been the first single off the album that would have given it the impetus. You know, that as a friend and somebody there who loved his mate and couldn't get to the funeral, that sort of stuff, that would have been the gift worth giving because that would have given the album a real boost because you two at that particular part were really still commercially very vi- viable and very sellable and their backs, you know, released their next album which was probably the second or third biggest album in the next 12 months but i think it was bono's management had curtailed it being a commercial so i do remember the time hearing about it going oh yeah he could give the lyrics and he could go on the album but they couldn't promote the shit out of him you know featuring even putting bono's you know name on the album or a whole bunch of stuff you know there was these restrictions and this gets back to precious record companies trying to protect their own assets you know they don't share. Bono loves to attach himself to every cause on the planet. You know, so this person there, you know, Joey Ramone dies, he'll do something about Joey Ramone. You know, the, any any scenario, Bono's a bit of an opportunist for this sort of stuff. But in hindsight, for this album to get traction, he was probably yeah. the silver bullet that could have got it to some level of marketability because he, yeah, you know, Bono, he's such a he's such a door to door salesman of, of a singer. He'd go on shows and go, "My mate Michael, we've done this song." He could gone out and promoted it as a gift to Michael. Uh, and I'm not saying. Negatively about Bonnet, but you know, it's to be like half in, half out, you know, like you go do the song, write a couple of lyrics, and then say, Oh, yeah, but I don't want you using all my details of the management to promote the shit yeah. out of it. Well, mm. don't do it then, you know what I mean? Be all in, all duck, no dinner, you know, like go for it. Um, so I think this album would have had a different sort of lifespan to it. And then I think equally, if they then had to release Possibilities as the second single, and then maybe Don't Save Myself, Save Me from Myself as a third you get that traction going people start to then invest in the album because singles mm. are advertisements to the album so some of the possibilities in a great one where we go wow mm. this is a different version of michael i like this this is really interesting i'd like to know more about this type of album that's what singles are so so i think in hindsight that's would have been something i would have uh, recommended equally around that time was the media was sort of the birth of the internet and there was probably some innovation opportunities they could have taken advantage of at the time uh, that probably didn't, but look, there was just so much conflict, wasn't there, between Michael, you know, Bruce Murphy, excesses label, you got Michael's, you know, remaining legalities going on with his life, all the stuff happening, Paul in the news, you know, this I mean, was it a suicide or not? It was still a question being asked around this time. It was still reasonably fresh and raw. So it got marketing based upon mor- morbidity. You know, he died two years earlier, let's rush it out, let's get it out of there. I'm not rushing, but let's get it out there. And, and the musicians were like, let's have the artistic statement. The record mm. company was like, oh, what can we make from this? But it's a pity that the album doesn't have a zeitgeist sort of cultural sort of moment in time where it did two or three million copies and, and had a couple of hit singles, like probably Max Q did to a certain degree in Australia, you know? So, yeah, that were just sort of my thoughts on that. But as a legacy, I think for the Inner Sanctum fan and for those who are fresh to hearing it, do yourself a favour. There's a lot to go on with this album. We think between the two of us, B, we've covered 11 of the 13 tracks. Are really worth it, you know. The Danny Saber episode that you did. There's some great information there that aligns to this episode. Uh, that we we urge you to go back and check that episode out because we actually hear from Danny who talks a lot about it. So I think it's a good companion piece to this episode if you are going to go back and listen to it. And as you said earlier, B, there's a couple other tracks there that appeared in the mini in the uh, sorry in that uh, documentary. Uh, and there's another song called Friction and some other Danny tracks that he's probably got from Michael's days that we can't talk about at the moment, but there's still more material out there that mm-hmm. may see the light someday, you know?
0: Yes, Hayden, um, just such a, a tragedy, but what a beautiful album. And I do um, I do press that everyone should um, get to listen to it so they can listen to it on Spotify, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I, mean, I don't know if it's still... I don't know if it's been deleted, it probably has, I don't know. I, I'm not, I say all of that, but if you are in record stores and you do see it there under, you know, in fresh record stores or CD stores and things, or, you know, outlets that sell, you know, tactile copies of things, go for it. Just a sideline, Tim Peacock has written some great articles from You Discover Music about excess. Ironically, on the 14th of December, just about a week before we released our, uh, or two weeks before we released the first episode of this double, he did an article on this album which um, probably doesn't add anything different to what we've said today but it, uh, it is worth a little bit of a look at because um, it does bring up some good points that are consistent with what we've said. Again, hopefully us talking about it keeps it alive um, and if you haven't heard it for a while, you know, go back and listen to it. Don't be scared of it. There's some great stuff there and it can be quite healing. I, this album healed me a lot but you know, when I was, uh, you know, uh, you know, really uh, one upset about losing him and the band, you know, in disarray. This was an album that allowed me to sort of go, okay, I know where he was at, and where he was coming from. And under that lens, it can be quite healing for people if you approach it the right way. And if you're not a lyrics person, you don't want to sort of emotionally connect with them. Don't. Just put it on and enjoy the hooks.
0: I will put a side note in there as well for myself that you know Paula passed away a year later after this album was um, brought out, and the heartbreak that she must have got from listening to Michael's album um, come out, that w- might have been another trigger for her to um, go down the wrong path. Who knows? Yeah.
1: Who knows? It was just, I just think... It very sad. Very, very sad yeah. occasion. So many lives affected. But on to up and about and to New Year, um, as I said, like, do yourself a favour. I, th- I love the fact that we have Max Q and we have this album. Very lucky. We have 24, 25 songs that non nxs songs that Michael's involved with, adding rooms to the memory, and some of the other stuff Michael did on solo projects. There's probably about 30-35 songs out there. Spill the wine, you know, the uh, the uh, remix and things. There's about thirty-five nxs tracks that Michael uh, has in the in the in the recording sort of uh, you know uh, platform world that you can enjoy and look at him through the artist he would like to be looked at, and that is a credible artist, which I think he achieves.
0: Incredible legacy he has left
1: us. Hey, this is Paul Jolly from Sydney And this is The Big Rap
2: You made it
0: You made it to the end everybody Okay well thanks for staying with us I know it was quite, quite a long episode there um, Yeah Welcome to The wrap. Before we do wrap up I just want to do a, a few reviews From a few friends and um, patrons And I'm sure you'll enjoy these too and then we'll be coming back with the competition. Our first review is from Foxy. Foxy has been a patron from day one, day dot. And here is her review. My first listen to Michael's solo album went like this. Michael pulled me in like a gritty shaman with the ecstasy known as let me show you only to bring me to a place of melancholy and intro with his pleading vocals in flesh and blood and until I listened to the unreleased save my life did I realize that Michael was simply preparing me for the true devastation the agony. Michael completely shatters me with save my life every single listen. Michael's last works for me, even today, truly are ecstasy and agony. Gone too soon, Michael. Your brilliance is greatly missed. Love your precious heart, Michael. Foxy. This great review is from Claudia from Calling Gore Nations Facebook page. She's actually from Chile and uh, she finds it hard to listen to the show, obviously, because um, she doesn't um, speak English, but she can, um, we converse, sorry, um, via um, text messages and um, she really wanted to be part of this. So here's her review. This solo album by Michael is simply a masterpiece for fans like me. It's like opening a door to a more intimate and profound musical world that goes beyond his brilliant career with In Excess. Each song is an emotional journey in itself, from vibrant melodies to touching ballads. As a fan, listening to this album is like rediscovering Hutchins in a completely new way. His lyrics are like a window into his inner world, exploring themes of love, loss, and hope in a way that only he can convey. His voice, that distinctive and captivating voice, still resonates with me. Every note is a reminder of why his legacy endures to this day. This album is more than just music. It's a treasure that showcases Hutchins's sensitivity, passion and comparable talent as a solo artist. As a fan, it's a gift and that remains an essential part of my music collection. Possibilities is my favourite song on the album and holds a very special place in my heart as a fan. It stands out for its ability to convey hope and deep emotion in every note. It's a moving testimony to Michael's introspective depth. The song beautifully weaves a narrative of hope and longing, encapsulating Michael's ability to capture raw emotion and at the same time touch the heart with his music with its captivating melody and sincere lyrics possibility becomes a journey that stirs the soul this song is a gem within the album and never fails to touch my soul every time i listen to you and hayden and myself absolutely agree with you there Claudia. Manny. Perhaps the most successful of the tracks is All I'm Saying, a sensual and trippy modern electronic rock song which explodes into an underrated yet powerful guitar-drenched chorus. Knowing now where Michael's head was at and listening to this track in particular, it's often hard to come to terms with the fact that his album worked better with these darker sonic textures. All I'm saying for me encapsulates Michael's artistic version more than any other track on the record. competition exciting in excess giveaway alert right here hey in excess fans do you want to have something very exclusive a big win yes all you need to do is become a patron to our show a silver or gold or platinum you can go via our website and you can find about all the different levels of patron and what you will receive. But if you become a silver and over, you can enter the competitions. And here is our big giveaway. All you need to do is become a patron. And then if you want to be in for this um, giveaway, you have to email us at in excess aaa at gmail.com so become a patron and let us know if you want to win one of our great prizes our first prize is a rock and roll hall of fame induction ceremony ticket wow to go to the rock and roll hall of fame at Your own choice if you want to go this year or you want to hold on to those tickets and go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when in excess, get inducted and hey, I'll be there with you. If you can't make it to America or you can't make it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, then we have another amazing prize that you could take instead. Okay, so two prizes up for grabs. The second one is a package that I've got together, and my goodness, it's amazing. Okay, you're ready for this. So I've put in there um, some signed CDs of from Tim and Kirk um, a- guitar pick once owned by Kirk and he gave us to gave it to us to um, help with the podcast thank you very much Kirk he also gave me a rock star in excess keyring. I've not even opened it guys and it's metal and I've got one myself I just absolutely love it it's um, very unique um, very rare um, tour brochure um, the, the tour that never happened in Australia now this actually went out for auction a few years ago when Tim um handed me some that he found in his garage and I found a few more so I've got a few more to give away here and they're worth over six hundred dollars that somebody um paid for them so amazing some rare magazine covers that we've um, we've uh, t- taken some photos of and we've put them on some fantastic stock so they look great as posters right and also found some um very rare um, photos of Michael that have never been seen and I've put those and um, got made some copies of those and putting those in there too so wow just a, a beautiful package there so if you want to win some in excess memorabilia then all you need to do is become a patron and then email the podcast so get on to in excess access all areas.com and then choose your patronage um you can and it's around about ten dollars for america i think it's just a little bit more if if you're australian because of the currency there and then yeah then email us and let us know that you want to enter the competition so yeah good luck what do you think hayden
1: probably on the face value there's over a thousand dollars worth of stuff there but there's probably some ornamental things there be that are a bit priceless like picks and tour tour guides and things like that so um, yeah, very excited. All you got to do is just basically be a patron, uh, silver and above, and send your email details through when you're in. Um, but, yeah, people have got a few weeks to, to get themselves together, But
0: That's right. The closing date will be March the 30th. That's when we will be announcing the winners. So you've got to get in before the 30th of March and we'll be announcing on the 31st.
1: Thank you. All right. Well, we're going to go with the song today, Bea. Uh I think, you know, from our effusive praise of the song Possibilities, we cannot not go out with that today. So we're going to go with that particular track today, which we think is just a beautiful, haunting piece of music. Like, I look at this song as a piece of art, and it probably came across in the review earlier. And I, I'd love people to really just pause for a moment and just listen to the sounds, the lyrics, the delivery and the emotion. And it's, a, it's a just a beautiful piece of music, which uh, uh, I think we'd love to leave our listeners with as the final... Sonics for uh, Michael's solo album. But uh, thank you for being uh, with me today, B. Thank you for the listeners for hanging in for this biggie. But it is the start of the year. We're fresh, we're excited. Big goodbye from me.
0: And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everybody.
2: That you've touched. Some told me, Life is easy, hearts were bleeding. Sounded easy, got a new skin, and I'm lying through my teeth. I was shook up, intoxicated, During the dang that you said all the pass up and the
1: this is the dutchy and you've been listening to in excess access all areas with hayden and b